2: Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Ron and Anian, the car doctor's writing your prescription. Get out and go
3: for a ride. If it's okay to be with family, and I think it's okay to be with family if you're quarantined with them, then go out for a family ride. Doctor, doctor,
4: give me the news. The car doctor. The tap is getting louder, and I'm just wondering, should this be cause for concern?
3: What- well... Yes. Okay, if the noise is getting louder, obviously it's getting worse, whatever it is. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian,
0: the car doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors
3: are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855 560 9900. And now, here.
5: Ronnie
3: you know you wonder sometimes is the car capable of being repaired and are the are the customers capable of allowing it to be repaired what sort of shape do they put it in did you create your problem and sometimes I think you did I wanted to start this hour the car doctor and thanks for taking time to stop by with us today by the way and, and talk to you about engine replacement and the psychology of it and transmission and engine overhaul and that type of thing but I think I can best explain my point this way An 08 Honda Accord came into the shop this week, and um, we we were glad to get it. It was one of the few cars we had with the crisis going on. You know, the shop has slowed down some. And first time I'm seeing the car, they were recommended by a long-term customer, and I was glad they were there because you feel better when you can kind of get people back on the straight and narrow. 08 Accord, it had 140,000 miles on it, but it was set up. The, the whole thing was set up to fail, no matter what I did. The problem with it was it had VTEC light on, it had um, check engine light on, it had some other dashboard lights on, all sorts of warnings. It ran rough, it had low power, it was bucking, and the car was basically, it felt like it was on death's door. Scanned it for fault codes. You know, we brought it in, checked it in, the usual routine, did a safety checklist so I knew where we were at. And after the safety checklist, I kind of condemned the car, but I said I'm obligated to diagnose the running problem. And it had a misfire fault coming up cylinders one, two, three, and four, random misfire P0300 across all four, and a P1009, which is a VTEC actuator circuit fault. Huh. Well, let's see. A, a, a variable timing control circuit issue can cause a misfire. We've seen it happen. It's common knowledge. The other part that I'm leaving out, which the customer explained to me after the fact, was that the engine burns oil. That isn't exactly how she said it. Maureen was a little upset about the car. She's, she's a little excitable. Um, uh, much to the chagrin of her husband, who stood there quietly. Uh, and it, 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 it has an oil consumption issue. When I got the car, the oil was clean. So now I've got, and understand why I'm saying that, because low oil level can cause a variable valve timing fault. So was the oil low, and that's what created the VTC fault? Is the oil condition fouling plugs badly that it's causing a misfire, and the VTC fault is something else? you got to do your diagnosis. In the end... I found that there's a warranty extension from Honda for this particular car, eight years or 125,000 miles. So the car is just out by time. That's out by it's three years by time, and it's out by 15,000 miles by mileage. Although uh, the indication I got was this car has been acting like this for maybe a year uh, in terms of you know actual oil consumption, which I never really got a number. And it's been a while, so it might have just been on the fringe had they done something sooner. And there was also a bulletin for the noise that we heard at startup, which was the variable valve timing sprocket that goes bad. The actuator itself actually fails and goes bad and creates a knocking sound or a ratcheting sound uh, when you go to start the car up from a cold start, sometimes when it's warm. Bottom line, it needed internal engine repair. It had a consumption issue. It had a leaking power steering rack. The new battery she had put in. Somewhere else came to my door. The battery itself, I believe, is defective. It's a new battery. It was new mean. Never, ever worked. I ran through that drill. You can't lock the car because if you lock the car and the battery goes dead, the remote may or may not work because the driver's door lock has a key broken off in it, and it's actually taped over so you don't try to jam another key in there. And you can't get in the car. Then you have to finagle the hood open. The I mean, it's just a mess. That's not a candidate for an engine, and, and and that's the point of this. And, you know, I explained it to her. Can I fix this? Sure, absolutely. Where would you start? you got to start with an oil consumption test. I've got to know how much oil this car is burning. Is it burning a quart in 500 miles? Great, you got to fix it. Is it burning a quart in 1,000 miles? You can tolerate that, but it's only going to get worse from there on in. Is it burning a quart in 3,000 miles? What's the oil consumption? Once you get the oil consumption under your belt – then you can have a conversation about repairing the valve timing actuator, you know, possibly putting a timing chain in it and 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 going through and doing the other engine repair or do you just do a complete engine overhaul and eliminate the problem? Great, you fix the engine. Now you got to deal with the other stuff. And that's the point of are you mentally prepared to repair that engine? Are you mentally prepared to put a battery in that hybrid vehicle? Are you mentally prepared to put a transmission in your car? Because you have to look at the other factors. All right? Look, marriage isn't all just living quiet and happy under one roof with somebody and and getting along at meals and, and you know the rest of the day. There's there's parts of a marriage that are difficult. There's parts of a marriage that, you know, it's a learning curve. Same thing putting an engine in a car, same thing putting a transmission in the car. You've got to be prepared to do the work. You've got to be prepared. That if you put an engine in the car, in Maureen's case, she'd have to fix the door lock. She's got to fix the power steering rack. She's got to fix, you know, and and so on and so forth right on down the line. And then you've got to be prepared at 140,000 miles on the 12-year-old car. You've got to play what if. What if this goes bad? What if that goes bad? Listen, go put an engine in a car, all right? Go put a battery in a car. A hybrid battery, because that's where this conversation started a couple of weeks ago. Go put a hybrid battery in a car for three grand, thirty five hundred dollars, and two months later one of the power windows goes bad. What's a power window cost to fix? Three to five hundred dollars? Car has two, there's a thousand bucks. What if the car is what if it's a four door? What if it's four window motors and over the course of the next two years they all go bad? There could be two thousand dollars. And my point becomes you know cuz you could extrapolate this out forever you just you you've just got to think you know where are you going and and you know are you prepared by the way and i wanted to read this toyota actually did last week we talked about it i have a physical copy in my hand toyota has extended the warranty on the um partial the PZEV vehicles uh the priuses and the hybrid camrys and uh you know some of the others that they've extended The coverage of all emission components for the PZEV vehicles, uh, partial zero emissions, uh, for 15 years or 150,000 miles. And they've also done some work, I believe they've extended, although I don't see it in this bulletin in front of me, that they've done some work where they've extended the warranty on the batteries themselves. So if you're driving a Prius... Uh, you know, or a uh, partial zero emissions vehicle or or a a hybrid, you may want to check with Toyota before you do any major emission repairs because some of that may be under extended coverage. Bulletin number is POL, Peter, Peter, Ohio, Larry, 14-09, and it's dated uh, September of 2014. And I wasn't even aware of this. This actually came to my attention through my friend Tony, who is a uh, longtime Toyota aficionado, and I thank him for this, that, uh, you know, this is out there. So um, bottom line, look, You want to put an engine in a car? Great. But you've got to ask yourself, why does the car need an engine? Did it fail as a result of abuse from lack of maintenance? Or did it fail because the car's got two or 250 or 300 or 400,000 miles on it or whatever? You just can't throw parts or an engine or a battery or a transmission in a car. You've got to have a justification. You've got to stop and think about the whole scenario. You don't just jump off and get married. You can't just jump into doing an engine. Because it seems like it's the thing to do. Just think about where you're going. Chances are it's a good reason. Chances are it will make sense. Chances are, and I'm not trying to confuse you. I'm just trying to get you to think. Don't be like Maureen, where I'm telling you, you couldn't, if the battery went dead in the car, you couldn't You couldn't get into that car. Uh, you, you, know, you could. You'd use a rock because you'd break the window. But, um, you know, there was no other way to do it. And I should point out, I, I think the thing that really just sort of categorized that particular Honda really well was when I went into the glove compartment because I was looking for the anti-theft code to do the battery test to disconnect the battery, which I never found. I found repair invoices from five other prior repair shops. So, you know... Is it a classification? Are we bouncing around from repair shop to repair shop to repair shop? Do we not know what we're looking for, or can we not find a good one? Um, Do we recognize it? And I think that's the next question we're going to work on here. Do you recognize a good repair shop when you see one, or is it strictly about price? And I don't think so, but I think there's some factors there. So, um, you know, but just think about it. Putting an engine in a car, are you ready to take care of the whole car? You get married. Are you ready for all the obligation and responsibility? 855-560-9900. Ron and Andy, The Car Doctor, coming back right after this. Welcome back, Ron and Andy, The Car Doctor. Let's get over to Iowa and talk to David. David checking in. How are you today, sir? Hey, how
4: are you doing, Ron? I'm
3: doing great. I'm doing great. So, uh, You're what, alive, aren't you? are alive are not you you
4: still alive? I'm Just still alive. I'm still alive. I've survived it all.
3: So I've survived it all. But, you know, mechanics can do that. We take a shot of carb clean in the morning. You know, that's the sign of a good mechanic, not to minimize or make this frivolous, but, (laughs) um, you know, it's, it's, you just, but yeah, we're, we're, we're we're taking it easy. We're, we're playing it safe. We, uh, we've got the shop on lockdown. You know, you've you've got signs up, got the gates closed. If you want to talk to us, you got to do it by phone. If you want to drop off the car, you leave the car and we, uh, we, we fumigate it and lysol it and, you know, then we work on it and, Ship yeah, it back out the door. Yeah, no, but
4: no direct,
3: no direct contact for the immediate future. So, but uh, so I,
4: wanted, I wanted to tell you about a, uh, a divorce I had. Okay. I had an uh, an old Chevy truck, two thousand. Right. I bought it, uh, not quite right, but I bought it and uh, had nothing but problems with it. And I didn't want to get rid of it. I'm one of these kind of guys who just like to hang on and keep trying to fix a problem, you know. Yeah. But I found out the problem was me for trying to fix it. So I uh, broke down and advertised it. Guy came over and took it right off, and I said goodbye to it and gave it a kiss and had to go down the road. And I've been happier ever since I've done that. Well, and... And I know you get attached to these cars, and when they fail you, it's just like a marriage. If it fails, you get rid of it. Sometimes. Divorce it. No, I don't know
3: about that, David. Let's talk about my 97 my, my ninety-seven Ranger, all right? My little Ford Ranger. It's got 218,000 miles on it now. I bought it in 2003. It needed a rear end. I put a, I put a rear in it. We paid 300 bucks for it. The customer didn't want to fix it. Matter of fact, the customer still comes in. He sees it every, every time he comes in, and he laughs. He says, I should have kept it, but he doesn't know the money I spent on it. For me, it made sense to keep the Ranger. I put a rear in it. Actually, I put two rears in it because the rear failed the second time about seven years later. Um, I figured it out last year where I've probably spent $1,000 in parts every year for the past 14 years or whatever it's been. And we work on it when the shop is slow. Very rarely has it, you know, let us down to the point that we needed it in an instant. There's enough other vehicles, but as a little shop truck, it kind of makes sense. So I don't know what I, you know, if I had replaced that vehicle um, by now, I probably would have bought two, two replacement shop trucks, you know, 35, $40,000 a piece, 80 grand. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's, yeah,
4: so one thing about it, right. Uh, one thing about a, a divorce is uh, I've been married for 50 years. So somewhere I, I thought it was worth it. So evidently it was, it worked out just fine. If you love something that much, go for it you know what I mean
3: well and you know what I I think but David I think we have to separate maybe I better clarify this I think we have to separate um being married you know you love the person I don't know if love you know if you really love that vehicle like I love some of my vehicles but I would never put it above the person I'm married to um is my point you know but but I get it you know it's it's and listen a lot of times older cars I mean, good Lord, look at the money we spend on older cars and classics. You can't justify that money. That's a labor of love. And I I always believe that I think the reason we keep some of the older cars that we keep is because there's that emotional connection. We remember something. There's something about, you know, for me, I remember driving a 72 Monte Carlo. It was the car I went to college in. It was the car that, you know, we took the first kid home from the hospital in. Uh, you know when they were born, and you know it's just it's that emotional attachment. I don't know if anybody's going to remember yeah. that about a 2010 Toyota Camry or a 2010 Chevy Equinox today. I don't know. If, I don't know if anything like that matters.
4: Well, no, I'm not if you're in love with a car. But I've got five of them that I haven't got rid of. I've been carrying them around for 20, some 25, or 30 years. So I'm right along there with you. There's something I just I'd rather see it just uh, sit there than uh, you know sell it,
3: get rid of it or whatever. I, okay. I I think that getting rid of a car sometimes is the best thing. And I think keeping a car sometimes is the best thing. And it's it's hard. You know, people people write in, they want to know when do I get rid of it? When do I keep it? And it's hard because I think every car is a I think every car is a unique situation. I think trying to you know it's it's listen, when I give advice about an oil change interval I try to give as generic as broad a coverage with some common sense ideas along the way as I can because I, I still find every you know every situation really has its can have its own unique circumstances. A lot of cars fall into the category, but then you know 25, 30% percent don't. And what do you do with it? So you know, is every car a candidate for an engine replacement? No. Is every car a candidate for a battery replacement if it's a hybrid? No. But some are, and a lot are. And it's just the whole goal of what I'm trying to do is get people to think. But, um, you know, I I probably would have gotten the 2000 Chevy pickup too, David, because I can only imagine it probably needed brake lines. It probably had leaky trans. It probably had leaky trans cooler lines. GM made some terrible vehicles. Uh, The pickups, they were were good, but you had to stay after them and you had to chase them because they rusted away. Uh, Rust was probably the biggest issue with that truck, right?
4: Right. Well, you know what? We we don't want to get rid of grandma. That's no, the way. Maybe no. Maybe I should get there. <laughs> no, we, we don't
3: want to get rid of grandma. We don't want to get rid of family. We um. We just, you know, we want to, we want to make economic and realistic decisions. So how are things out Iowa way before I let you go, David?
4: Yeah, you know what? Uh, we, we haven't got as bad. You know, we're kind of open and the wind blows through here, blows most of the, the step away. And uh, everybody's washing themselves there. Trying to use some common sense and then do what they're told to do, and uh, I see a lot of them that doing that. But there are some like they're just stubborn as hell; they don't want to do that, you know. Yeah, so,
3: wouldn't it be wouldn't it be wonderful yeah. if this brought common sense back to uh, the forefront of our of our consciousness? So, David, you be well, my friend, yeah, yeah. and uh, my best, everybody out Iowa way. All right.
4: So everybody out here praying for you guys up in New York. Okay, mm-hmm. all that whole both sides uh, from one end of the country be the other. Yeah, and we can feel yeah, it. Miss, yeah.
3: yeah, we can we can feel it. We know everybody's with us and uh, we'll get through it. So you yeah, take you go- the
4: history, okay? No,
3: oh, I will. You take good care, David. Oh, you be well. Um real quick an email, let me just get this in here if I can. Um hey Ron, what about electric vehicles? One thing I want to make comment on, this comes to us from Covista. One thing I want to make comment on is you're spending an awful lot of carbon resources at the power plant. It all depends on how many miles you drive in a day to see if it makes sense exactly and that's one of the things i've said over time that it it's really a unique situation you know i've actually got some electric car vehicle owners out there and i'm sorry that actually are mad at me it's funny you know you read the review people say i hate him he's against the electric vehicles but i keep listening because i want to see what he's going to say next i think i've heard that before um you know listen all i'm saying is if you want an electric vehicle you've got to be prepared to deal with the technology you've got to be prepared in my mind And the scientific facts are it's not necessarily making us gas-free. Yeah, it's lower emissions at the vehicle, but what does it take to produce the electricity to power that vehicle? That's another story. So, anyway, that's uh, that email. Ron and Amy, The Car Doctor, I'm coming back right after this. Don't you go away.
6: No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
5: Little GTO, you're really looking fine. Three deuces and a
4: four-speed and a 389.
0: Need advice on how to maintain that classic GTO? Ron is the guy. 855-560-9900.
3: Here's Ron. So let's get over to Steve in Nashua, New Hampshire and talk to him. Steve, what's going on sir? How can I help?
5: Hi Vaughn. Yes, How are you doing this afternoon? Good, sir. I'm doing
3: great. I'm doing great. You know, I you know, it's funny. I, I and I appreciate the question more than you know, Steve. I I was just saying to my wife the other night we're watching um you know, we're watching American Idol. Okay. We we, we <laughs> it's mm-hmm. something to do right you're in quarantine and you, mm-hmm. you you watch these kids win and they're you know, they're down to the top 20 and so on and Um, you know, I turn around to my wife and I go, isn't this a great country? I said, and look at this. I said, I got to do my own singing competition in a way. And I win every week. I get to go out on national radio and I get to talk to people about problems with their cars. And uh, I said, I'm the luckiest guy in the world. I really am. It's uh, so I'm really doing great, man. I really am. I appreciate it. Um, how can I help you today? How can I help you today?
5: Sure. Thank you. Uh, 2004 Chevy Tahoe Z71. Um, been maintaining the vehicle myself since I've owned it uh, since 2012. Uh, second owner. Uh, I'm approaching 250,000 miles on it, and it's my understanding that this has a timing chain um, behind the water pump. Uh, is there a, t- a change interval with that on that particular application?
3: Well, there is and there isn't. All right. You know, there was never a change interval on, on back when it was the first generation small block Chevy either. But we, we would check for change stretch. It was easier on a car with a distributor because we could take the cap off, look at the rotor position, mark the crank, move the crank, how many degrees does the crank move before the distributor moves and it would show us the amount of slop in the chain. Or we would split time it with a timing light, we would look at the difference in timing from one cylinder to the next and we would look to see, you know, is there a degree of difference telling us the chain has got stretch to it. Generally, no. There is no interval on on the newer vehicles like that. You know, can okay. you can you check it? Sure. Uh, you know, you'd have to get it either. Either you're going to pull off the valve cover for number one cylinder, which maybe you're going to do valve cover gaskets. So you're going to tie it into that. You're going to bring the crank around so that number one cylinder is on top dead center. You can watch the valves and watch them move. And as you move the crank, you know, load the crank one direction opposite of rotation and then move it backwards. How long? How much rotation of the crank do you have before you pick up the slop, the alleged slop in the chain, and cause it to move where you see the valves themselves moving? Right? You you get me? Um, Yes. If you've changed the oil on this and you've done the maintenance, chances are it's not going to be needed. Is it a good idea to check? Yeah, it can't hurt. Um, you know, you, maybe you want to encompass this and say, is that the original water pump? Is that the original water pump, Steve?
5: Uh, no, I just replaced it. Uh, let's see here four months ago. Pretty easy job. Um, Right.
3: Right. That would have been my moment uh, to check timing change. Just so you know. Um,
5: oops. Yep. Is that an interference engine, the five three liter one?
3: No, not that I've ever not that I've ever come across anything like that. I've never seen that. And if I'm not mistaken, that's a double. I believe that's going to be a double roller chain. I'd have to go back and really? look, but yeah, that should be a yeah. They they got fancy as time went on on some of these. And if that's a double roller, I, you know, if I'm going to worry about the chain, I'm going to worry about the rest of it um yeah you know let's let's play what if steve you want to play what if yep. if the engine went sure. bad would you put an engine in it absolutely and then <laughs> you know i mean you can check it you can go through the you know check for for change stretch and yep. it, you know and and, and I, I can tell you right at the top of my head it sounds like you've kept up on this now one thing i want to caution you it's a new hampshire vehicle or maybe you've had yes. the experience have you had the rusted brake lines yet
5: uh replaced them all yeah. uh let's see it was above fourteen hundred dollars. I actually subbed that out uh to one of the local uh places. I'm glad they did it. Yeah. Um yeah, yeah I, I had the front end of the whole vehicle up replacing the front diff uh with a donor out of the uh the junkyard and unfortunately and I guess this would be a lesson for all your other callers, um I had to get the vehicle up rather high. So I utilized two um, you know, three ton jacks and some uh heavy duty um um, like uh, railroad ties. Well, it was damp during the summer, and as I was letting the vehicle down gently on both sides evenly, the boards were wet, damp, they slipped, the vehicle dropped, and crunched a lot of the brake lines. It was a blessing in disguise because all the brake lines the, and the and a good part of the front end had all crusted out and rusted yeah. out.
3: Yeah, and that's the... You know, it's, it's to the point now where before I put a vehicle on the road the last couple of years, anytime I change something... And if I take something apart, I, I, I've I been painting vehicles. Um, I know it sounds crazy, but I, you know, matter of fact, I spent Friday because we're quiet now with the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, so the shop's kind of quiet. So, I you know, Danny was off and I spent the day quietly inside. I was painting the bottom side of the Monte Carlo. I've got a 72 Monte Carlo I'm putting back together. And, you know, I nice. spent I spent the day painting that um, using Benjamin Moore low luster. Uh, alkali wow. paint, which is like their zero rust. You can use it in a gun. You cut it. I cut it about 5% with a little lacquer yep. thinner. And um, you know what? I mean, it'll stick to chicken feathers, and you yep. can bang on it with a hammer, and it never comes off. So it's going to be there. It's probably going to outlive me. And, you know, I just... I find that painting a vehicle seems to enhance the life. I did it I did it to my last plow truck. I've done it to the Suburban, my 04 Suburban. I've got an 04 version of what you have, except I have a Suburban, not a Tahoe. I've only got 72,000 mm-hmm. miles on it. But, um, yep. you know, I when I did the trans four years ago or three years ago, uh, when I had the trans out and the tunnel was exposed, I painted the whole floor pan front to back, painted the diff housing. And I find that I I don't see rust coming up. The Ranger's been done, you know. All the cars get done because rust is what kills these cars. When they did the brake yeah. lines, did they do the one running along the frame rail behind the gas tank?
5: Yeah, they actually dropped the tank. Yeah,
3: that's the way to do it. Yeah. you know. Now
5: yeah. I've got to tell you,
3: if if we're gonna pick pick on things that go bad by by age and mileage, Steve, mm-hmm. you ever do a fuel pump?
5: Uh, that was replaced. Also, last okay. uh, I, I just got through pay, paying off the truck about uh, two years ago, and I've taken your advice. I don't want to go out and spend forty, sixty, eighty thousand on a new uh, right. uh, a, a truck and a four hundred dollar truck payment. So this, uh, you know, I think I've I've called your show before, and I always give you this analogy: um, you lift the hood, you could cook bacon and eggs off the block. <laughs> right, and that's yeah, and that's you know, it's it's
3: funny. It comes down to cents per mile. I've got a great email, and I won't have time to read it this week from Eddie Goitis, Goitis Capital. Eddie's a big listener to the show. He's a, he's a financial guy, and he broke it down for me. He says, dollars and cents, this is why some people fix cars, and this is why people don't fix cars. I've got to find that email and read it. But it, it, it comes down to what you're saying. Now, the only other thing I would tell you to be aware of at that at that mileage, and maybe you want to put one in inventory, you can start looking for it, is get an AC compressor and throw it on the shelf, because they go okay. bad, too. Uh, that generation okay. ac compressor because it's down low on the right side of the of the engine compartment and especially yep. in new hampshire it gets all the road slush and slop if the clutch is looking yep. beat up and then the system oil drains down into it especially in cold winters although you got 250 yep. out of it but uh, you know i've got a specific pile of inventory at the shop for the suburban things that i know that are going to go bad eventually that un- yep. un- unfortunately the mileage i go doesn't Preclude or doesn't allow for, you know, proportionate replacement. By the time I need a, a compressor or a fuel pump, they'll probably be obsolete uh, from General right. Motors. So I've, I've started to stockpile certain things. But yeah, I, you know, listen, go replace that Tahoe. It's $65,000. Say that a couple of times. Yep. Um, and and yep. if you go buy a used one, a used one is, you know, $35,000. Say that a couple uh-huh. of times. You know and that used yes. one's got 50,000 miles on it. So yep. again, it's a mindset. You know, some people like mm-hmm. a car payment, some people don't want to take care of a car. They want to drive it until it drops. I've seen more than a few of those. And some people want to stay on top of it because they take comfort in knowing, uh, you know, there's a therapy to taking care of a car, Steve. I don't have to explain it to you. You know, there's yep. there's there's something about it that makes you feel good. And uh yes. you know, it's 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 what makes you a car person and um uh, you know, it gives you a sense of completeness. I think, as a human being, it really does. So, all right, sir. Listen, you stay well up there, New Hampshire way. And uh, you have anything else, you give us a call. We'll take care of it for you. All right.
5: You also, Ron, be safe. And I've been, been been with you since day one. Congratulations.
3: Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. I really do. Like I said, I win American Idol each and every week. I really do. I get to. <laughs> I, get to I get. I get to sit up here and. Uh, um, I'm gonna tell you, I'm an old softie. I actually tear up a little bit when I listen to these kids win, and I see them, you know, walk the stage, and it's just, you know, but it's the same feeling I get every time I get off air. That, like, wow, did I really just do that? Um, did I really just do that? So, the universe has been great to me. You take good care, Steve. You
0: er, too, Ron. Alrighty. have a good weekend. Bye-bye. You too.
3: Bye bye. I'm Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor. We'll be back right after this.
1: at purdueglobal.edu. Xfinity
6: has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a and Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.
3: Welcome back. Ron and Andy, The Car Doctor. I want to talk to you real quick um, uh, you know, some of the emails, well, so, hey, Ron, I've got a 2003 Toyota Avalon that I'm looking to repair the airbags, and I want to know if my phone app will diagnose and repair the car through the OBD2 port. John, John, and, and I, I get this question all the time, and John also asks, if not, you know, why not, and what sort of scan tool can I buy? Um, you, you've got to understand, you, you're working on a car, all right? This is a complicated piece of equipment. It's, it's technology. The phone app, uh, phone app scan tools and some of the less expensive scan tools that do OBD2 protocol, that's all they will get into is the OBD2 language or side of the engine control module. They won't do additional modules. Think of it as languages. All right? An OBD2 scan tool only speaks OBD2. Whereas a factory-level, year-make-model-specific scan tool will speak multiple languages. It will speak English, French, Spanish, and German, and so on. It will speak obd 2 It will speak engine controller from manufacturer. It will speak trans-control module. It will speak airbag. It will speak trans-controller, and so on. Now, you know, you can't expect and you know somebody will prove me wrong, great, go ahead, you win, um, You know, that you can't expect to use a cheap scan tool to repair a car. Not every time. It doesn't work that way. So what you've got to think about is it's you want to work on the car, you want to be a mechanic, you know you want to do more than just plug in and get codes, you need something that reads data stream, you need some special function capability. And I know you're going to sit there and say, Ron, it's expensive. Guess what? It's an expensive business. It's an expensive hobby if that's what you're doing. All right? So you've got to find a scan tool that sort of fits your need. We've talked about this, you and I. You know, where can you go? What can you look at? I went out and I, I searched Launch Tech USA. We, you know, I'm, I'm going to make no bones about it. We use Launch all the time in the shop. They've got some great stuff. They just came out with a new scan tool geared towards the DIYer, Gear Plus Pro, I think it's called. And we're actually waiting. We're going to cut a couple in our hands and uh, field test it. Maybe we'll give them away up here. Um, we can do that. Don't don't start sending me letters about it yet. But my point becomes, you can find reasonably priced scan tools. LaunchTech USA will help you. All right. You can go and look at their products. You have the time right now, and um, you can find something there, and it'll work for you. But don't try fixing a car where you have to speak German, and you go into it with a, a scan tool that only speaks English. All right. So if you're working on a trans controller, you've got to have a scan tool that fixes a trans controller that speaks that language that fixes the airbag you've got to have something that fixes an airbag controller all right so uh you know don't try doing this the cheap way cheap only gets you in trouble when it comes to fixing cars launch tech usa just like it sounds dot com they've got some stuff for you they'll have what you need eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero. 560 any of the car doctor coming back right after this
1: at purdueglobal.edu.
6: Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love.
3: Welcome back. of and The card dog 855-560-9900. No more calls today, but just keep in mind that 855-560-9900. Phone number is 24-7. You can call it 855 855- Five six zero nine nine zero zero, and leave a message and uh, we will get back to you, put you in queue for the next live broadcast. Um, keep in mind also if there's anything here you'd like to hear over again, if you get out to well, you can go out to iHeart.com and pick up the podcast there. You can get out to the Car Doctor Facebook page. We are posting the podcasts up there as they aired on broadcast um, after the fact. So you can pick up there and uh, re listen to it again at your convenience. I just want to talk real quick before I go about an emergency management kit for your vehicle. Uh, you know, we're into week four maybe week six depending upon where you are when you went into this lockdown thing and um you know uh, your car has been sitting for a while i know a few family members that i'm chasing around the block and i'm trying to get them to drive their cars take them out for a ride and you know they're going to have rusty brake rotors and you're going to have issues with batteries and you may have dead batteries and so on so uh, i went on the o'reilly auto parts website get out to o'reillyauto.com you'll find everything i'm talking about all right. You know, obviously, you know, if you don't have a set and in the case that you do and in times like this, you want to be prepared for an emergency, it wouldn't hurt to have a set of jumper cables. All right. Jumper cables are old school. They require you to have another vehicle around so that you can jump from something to something. But, you know, it's it's not a bad idea. Better than a set of jumper cables would either be a battery jump pack I've talked about that from time to time, that you know there are certain jump packs out there. I happen to like the one from MicroStart, the XP10. That's not on the O'Reilly Auto Parts website or OReillyAuto.com, but you can find them elsewhere. But O'Reilly Auto also has their own version of uh, battery jump packs, too. Uh, keep in mind, maybe a battery tender. And I saw those at O'ReillyAuto.com. You will see battery tenders that maybe it prevents the battery from going dead in the first place. If the vehicle's been sitting, a battery tender is a great idea right now. We talk about this K-Seal. You know, K-Seal is a great thing on an older vehicle or a newer vehicle to have in the glove compartment. It is a cooling system leak preventative, or it's a cooling system leak repair item that it will prevent the leak uh, from becoming a bigger one. Maybe your mechanic's not open. Maybe he's not around as much as he was. Maybe your vehicle from sitting has developed some rust and scale issues. And uh, you know what? The first time you take it out, maybe you're going to have a problem. I hope you don't, but just just thinking ahead, a $10, $15 bottle of K-Seal in the glove compartment might alleviate some of the issues. Take a look at the wiper blades. All right, by the way, more info at kseal.com. Take a look at the wiper blades. Are they dry-rotted and beat up? Think about tire pressure. Think about fluids and oil. Think about a can of Berryman before you take that car out for a long summer's ride. We're all getting there, folks. We'll get through it together. Till the next time, I'm Ron and Amy and the Car Doctor reminding each and every one of you, Good mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless. See ya.
1: From BBC Radio 4,
6: Britain's biggest paranormal podcast
1: is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is